what it do what is the business you know why you're here you know what we came to do i am spike lou in my dolomite on <laughs> way down in the jungle this guy Take got a different line stuff on the jungle <laughs> now man this is another week in the books we yeah. appreciate you guys joining us mo what up how you feeling brother I'm I'm good. I'm I just want to elaborate a little bit more about that now that we into it. But in the meantime, y'all welcome to another week in the books. I know y'all ain't had Fridays this good since Fridays was just good, man. We back. Absolutely. Another week in the books, man. The consummate conversation amongst black men. Mm-hmm. Maurice and I sitting here as we do on a weekly basis, man, with sacrifices the theme for this week that we're gonna talk about. Yeah. We appreciate y'all joining us as we say AW AWITB twenty twenty two is the gmail account send us some emails join the show go rate subscribe and like podcast help us grow this thing continuously mo how you feeling out there <clears throat> excuse me got choked up there pause um i'm doing all right man um <laughs> i'm doing all right uh managing this thing of life man you know we spoke before but just kind of here just and I we didn't we didn't even get to speak about I forgot I didn't hit you up bro but we didn't even speak about what the some of the comments we had about a couple of episodes back about the black privilege but I'm not gonna we ain't gonna string it along but for those that are no, that let me are, hit them no you had them remember you was like oh, I'm gonna read, read these but we I forgot we never did uh, get around to that oh book. I did read them I thought I read them on the, I read the text what Jeff said and what uh Dro said nah no you didn't. You had it pulled up, but we never did get to that part of this. Sh- oh, you listen back to it, so you know I wouldn't. Yeah, so we didn't get to that part, but that's all right. But I, I mean, I got I got the sentiment, but uh, but I want to say that to say in this I part want of you like, to cheer up, Mo. Yeah, damn it, basically, yeah. smile on your face, nigga. Hey, hey, bro, when you said that about Ice Cube, it was some weeks ago on, on another week. I mean, uh, on deck, bro. I What's cried that? at work. What it was like towards the end of the show you was talking about ice cube coming through talk about this for black people he going on these interviews and he got the scruffy beard and he looking all me like smile nigga like dude i was dying when you did that he's like bro smile god yeah, that shit dead man that shit all that rough gruff like man smile nigga nobody wants bro, you shit. that's hilarious but um, as far as my mental at this very moment and that's how i address it i was just talking to my sister but at this very moment I'm, I'm I'm doing all right. I like to address it from the very moment. You know what I mean. So at this very moment, as we record, I'm doing good. Man, what about happiness you? Man? Is not a destination, Mo. It is a journey. Yeah, it Remember is. that. Yeah. I am. I'm day to day, man. I can't complain. I'm not in a bad space. I ain't in the space that I want to be. But I'm here. We making it. We grinding. We getting towards the goal. I'm excited. What's, and what's coming up? I want to be doing this full time. Oh, okay. That's been my that's been my main focus here lately. Is turning what I'm doing and have been doing over the last year into Spike Blue Media and not having to press no clocks. I want to put up and put up a video. I'll be able to make my mortgage and make my payments, and that's when I can do it. Just loading up audio versus having to do something different. So a lot of focus has been on that. It's it's it's, it's time consuming. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, all the help I can get, I'm willing to take. But I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to do it because this is what I love. So yeah. I'm willing. I'm, I'm here for the fight. I appreciate I think, the turn. Yeah, I think, and I think, I think you and most of us. But I think that we got to really vet m- more people that are good in other areas. I think we try to play all the roles, and it's like 
I'm this is my space I excel at, but I'm not necessarily great. And because I've been thinking this for a minute, I'm like, I know, you know what's show. what you know what's hard about that, from in my opinion. Um, and this might be a personal thing. When when it comes to that, and you're saying, well, I need people to do this, I need someone to do that. First and foremost, what that person has to buy into is you. Like they have to fully believe, like if you make it, what you're doing is going to benefit me enough to where I'm going to have a comfortable life too. And it's hard nowadays. Everybody want to be a boss. Everybody wants the bag. Everybody wants to be this self-proclaimed, self-sufficient, money-making millionaire. I teach classes on how to do stuff. It's very hard to find people that like, okay, I'm willing to buy into this brand, do my part, know you're going to do your part. And if all of us do our part, we're going to get this to where I'm going to be comfortable, you're going to be comfortable, and it's going to be great. I don't need the recognition, I don't need the spotlight. I just want to do what I'm great at. It's hard to find the people nowadays who just want to do what they're great at. Because what we've associated with our culture now is, if I'm great at it, then I should be rich. And that ain't necessarily the case. Like just if I'm not this, I ain't toot my own horn saying I'm great at this, but my goal in this ain't to be rich. It's to be self-sufficient where I ain't got to do anything for anyone else. Well, I can put this out here and it's that. With that being said, it's hard to find a team of people that are willing to buy into that. Be like, okay, I'm I'm riding with your vision. I'm gonna do my part and let's go. So I think that's hard to do. What do you do? I think it is hard, but I think that you already have the product. You are the product in certain scenarios if you're looking for a team or if it's specific to cater to a like I say let's say it's this show specifically. This is the product. So rather it's the Spike Lou Media or if it's this show or whatever show on deck, however, this is the product. I'm gonna give you a chance to digest this product. If you believe and you can get behind this, what can you bring to the table? I can't guarantee you these things. However, this is what I'm able to do. I may be able to what you're creative mm-hmm. from what I found I'm not as much of a creative from what I found people are more like okay this is great this is dope how can it benefit me from working with this versus okay this is dope this is fire what can I add to this to make it even better so I get recognition do you see the difference in those two? So, like one is to this versus yeah, one is like exactly one is like okay, I see this, I see it may be going somewhere. I know that I got talent too. Let me add to it to see what I can get from it. And the other one is I want to add to it because I know it's good, and I know if I add what I got to it, then something's gonna come from it. But it ain't necessarily a direct benefit for me. I just want to add to what's going on. Because I know my addition is going to make this fire. I'm not sure a lot of people have that mindset. I maybe I again I ain't been networking it out as much as I need to or I plan to. But the people that I've come across is more so that it's like, okay, this is going on. What can I gain from this immediately by adding my input versus I'm going to add my input because my input is fire and it's going to make this even better. And our chances for getting something from this is going to be even more. Uh, I mean, I understand that. I I have no problem sweetening the deal though, like that. That ain't never been a problem. Cause I, I'm before I'm even going out and vetting 
anybody. I'm coming with an idea. It's like, okay, this is where even my boys, when we were doing it, I'm like, okay, one of them is a massage therapist. I'm like, cool, bro. You have your own you practice. Home with some massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He went to school for it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I have a lot of questions, but I guess you could. Oh uh, yeah, nah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he, and he's that guy. <laughs> he's that nah, guy. Just, yeah, I could, if a nigga go into massage therapy, <laughs> that ain't why. Like, yeah, I'm getting you a gist. I'm getting you a gist. You pick it up what right? I put down. Yeah, absolutely. If I was a massage therapist, I would be that guy. Yeah, and that would be the reason that I went into <laughs> that it. That would right? be the total purpose. Neuro massages on deck, boy. Uh, but no. Nah, but I try to sweeten the deal. Like, yo, you can use this as marketing. We can, you know. I'm always going to if I'm gonna bring anybody a part of the team, I gotta I'm going into it saying how can you benefit? They ain't gonna have to ask how they can benefit because I, I gotta make sure that I'm if I'm looking for looking, I gotta already see that you have something I can benefit from. So before I even ask you, let me see what can I offer you. Well, that's a good deal to me. Like that's that yes. I wouldn't even come into it like you know what I mean, I ain't got nothing to offer, but can you come in and you know we ain't best friends, you don't know me. You know what I mean? Like That's we gotta, fair. you see what I'm saying? So I will sweeten the deal coming in that way. I think is it? I don't know if it's my personality, it's just my outlook is kind of skewed though. I look at it differently. I look at it from the sense of again, what can I add? Like I, I won't even have to tell you what you're gonna get from this because your belief in this is so much so that you know. Alright, I see this, I see the vision and where it's going, and I know what I can do. You ain't even gotta tell me what you're gonna bring to the table. Cause I know we might stumble into some shit that we never even imagined. But I'm so bought into this vision and what you're doing, like I ain't even gotta present. I hear the details of what you're gonna get and how you're gonna benefit from this situation. Cause most of the times the magic, the magic that happens, you know, it it's it's beyond that. It's beyond like Okay, this is the monetary relationship. I'm gonna give you this. I expect this back in return. Where you see people ultimately successful and, and able to just really get in their bags, it's like I didn't go into this under these agreements and I'm doing it because we have this agreement. Nigga, I love this shit and I love what I was consuming and I knew that I could add to this shit. And if both of us love this shit, if all of us, the whole team love this shit, there is no um, limit to what we can do. And I just feel that there's a hard time for the generation that we're in for everyone to be a piece of the puzzle versus everyone feeling like I'm the person that's putting the puzzle together or I'm the mainstay of the puzzle. And that may just be my jaded looking stuff for the people that I've met, but I ain't really met the people that are like, I'm I, I'm going to add my two cents to it. Your two cents going to work. They two cents going to work. And let's all do it. And we're going to make it versus I want my two cents added and I want five cents back. ASAP. Well, that's again. That's where you have to come in with. This is, this is the. It doesn't mean it's a, some monetary. That's like okay, I'm gonna sweeten the deal. This is what we can offer you. It's more. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's more to it. You can get creative. You know what I mean? I've been on Instagram and I follow some of these meme pages. Some of them have a, a, a link tree and they got merch. I'm like, I'm asking like, yo, how are you getting this off? How are you getting past copyrights? Some of them, most of them, hit me back like, "Oh, bro, most time ain't or you want to do this?" Or, you know, they give me. Some people give me games. Some people won't even respond. But I'm looking at it like if I'm vetting somebody online on Instagram, or if we're throwing an Indeed out there, we're going, we're going to interview like any job would, and we'll see. We can, you can look in their eyes, you can sense the hunger. 
if they want it and they understand what we're doing and they fit the same thing because you didn't know me you know what i mean but we had conversations and we built this up and we both have the understanding of okay this is what we're doing same thing vetting in somebody say hey i'm not really the get on the pod person or the production person but i am great at marketing i've been talking to my homeboy about it because he's trying to get in that space and i told him bro you need to start checking out the show and see if you can get behind it. if you like it then we could talk you know what i mean but that we'll see how that goes but that's ultimately sweetening the deal say hey you're a part of this you're a part of the team you're accredited you're th- whatever we can do to say but they gotta come in hungry like if you took the offer or came for the interview you gotta have some hunger i'm just not i i ain't gonna dis i'm not gonna suspend that all people a lot of people are like that but i, I won't suspend all like i think you just gotta find the right person that like fits and understands what's going on it's like yeah i understand y'all had nothing y'all building from the ground up and it's dope because like hey yo you're a part of this early stage you know okay. what I mean? You're part of. You seen Joe Budden? We got, we got, we got the blueprints. Look at, look. You seen how he, he grew? Look, Park's still with him. He been with him. Still. Look at, uh, you know, so and so. When we do our research, we just say, look, that could be you. You could play this role. You know what I mean? It's a movement. So, so let me ask you a question because you brought up a good point when you're talking about you and I, like yeah. not knowing each other from Adam. What was it for you? What was the offer for you to be like? Okay, I can. This nigga not trying to get over on me and just use me because I know how to do graphic designs or whatever it may be. What was it for you? And you like, okay, this is something that I should jump on. This is an opportunity that I feel like is definitely. I mean, you already established. You was already established. I was already a fan. So, I mean, that would be ideal. Somebody that's already a fan was ideal. That's the first starting place, right, for me. But, like, I was already a fan of y'all. I just checked out all your stuff. You and AB, wherever y'all was, I checked it out. I was just a fan of y'all art uh, and y'all product. And I, I, I just trusted that based on how I've just studied your personality based on media, however it was presented, I felt that this could work. I knew what my personality was. Of course, now since then, since we've collaborated, we've found a way to really create a real working relationship. So... I just felt like based on what I've studied and listened, that's why I would say anybody that comes on, it's like, hey, before you try to take anything, you need to listen to who we are. You know what I mean? I'm not saying run through the catalog, but you need to, you know, check out some of these and get an idea of what we're doing so that you can actually be into it because you're not going to get a bag here immediately. (laughs) So so for you, you just came off as a a person of integrity, basically, like based on what I heard you came out person integrity I shot my shot I thought it could work hoped it could work I you know I shot my shot before with y'all but it was a different situation at the time I tried again after you know snow school and then you know the rest is history so you know shout out to snow school man somebody asked me about that but I just didn't have time man I'm sorry <laughs> um, no I mean I, 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 I always wondered that because I'm apprehensive about approaching people to ask for help I'm apprehensive about like what you did and like you saying taking your shot like it's so hard for me to do it like it's so hard for me to be like hey bro like could you help me out with this that and the third I have this idea I think I would be good at this and you'd be good that's so hard for me to do why that is a great question it may be the only child aspect it may be the the part of the personality that you speak to and like coming off as perfect or trying to be everything right or trying to be the person that knows everything so coming to someone and being like hey man i'm not too sure about this but you're good at it can you help me with it Mm -hmm. that's a difficult thing for me to do i mean maybe here's what can help and i don't know 
what your life experiences have had, but I definitely had some life experiences that I mean, well, you we told me some of them, but like some of the life experiences I've had has caused me to not think so highly of myself. It's put me at a good even keel. And moments I think highly of myself, I'm like, oh, nah, I ain't about to, you know. But at other moments, I'm like, bro, you know what I mean? Like, keep it in perspective. That's a good point. That is a good point. To clarify, though, it's not because of the self thought. It's not because I think that I'm so good at it. Okay. To give context, I remember when I had my first car accident. Um, a car. <laughs> white, this white dude hit me. He was crossing over like three or four lanes. He was drunk on wine and Xanax. Never did this. Me and my homeboy Tony over there. And he hit me and I, I like, I didn't know what to do, how to deal with this. This is the first time I bought a car, saved my money from work. And I hit my mom up and she was like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, okay, are the police there? Like, what do you, what are your expectations? Like, you want me to come down there? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, there's nothing that I can do. And I've always kind of just held that mentality of when I ask somebody to do something, that their response would be like, well, okay, well, what are you expecting from me, bro? Like, that's, that's your problem. That's, or that's your vision or what you're trying to figure out. Like, how am I included in that and what type of benefit that I get from it? And again, I have a great mother. Like, she, she was learning that she went to. Like, she with her husband. She's like, bro, it's 11 o'clock at night. You going to the fucking club in a wreck. Like, what do you want me to do? Literally. Which I understand now at 40, but at 20, it's like, well, man. Like, comfort, comfort me? Yeah, like, well, yeah. See, am I okay? Nigga, ask am I okay? Or at least I offer can. me some advice on what I should do next because this drunk white man just hit me and they're about to let him leave. Yeah. And I don't have no recourse being a 20-year-old black man to the police and they're just like, so what should I do next? But that also made me think as to like, okay, well, Luke, before anything, before you ask anybody anything, you need to figure it out. And if you ain't got to figure it out, don't take to nobody to ask them to help you to figure it out. Okay. And what that has done is if I ain't figured it out, if it takes me a long time to figure it out, you lose that opportunity at relationships because you're trying so hard to figure it out before you approach someone with it. And then sometimes the moment just passes. So it's not necessarily a thing like you're saying, well, I think that oh, I'm perfect and this and that. It's more so like I need to have this 100% figured out before I approach it to someone with it because they may hit me with the mom dukes i'm like okay well what do you want me to do about it like why you bring this to me bro like it could have been very well that since with you had you not reached out to me and been like hey let's do the sopranos thing and this and that and then i'm like okay well yeah that's a good idea i love the sopranos i wouldn't mind doing that but i don't know you from adam so we have to figure out how to get to know each other because i know how this podcast shit works we don't know each other it's going to sound terrible all right, I have this idea. I've been talking about it with Jeff and telling people I want to do something like another week in the books. What do you think about this, Mo? But before I had to ask you that, I had to lay it out for myself. Like, this is what it is. This is what I think it is. This is why it should be that. I want to present you with the best case scenario. So if I, if you hit me with the word, what do you want me to do about it? I know you just went <laughs> fucking with it. It wasn't me. It wasn't nothing that I did. It's just like, I know you weren't fucking with it. So I say all that to say it's hard to get that type of in every endeavor to be that prepared for people to be like, okay, well, what do you want me to do about me? I'm glad you asked. This is what I want you to do about it specifically. Like with you, I was able to say, okay, well, you want to do the Sopranos? Here's what I'm able to do about it. What do you think? And you're like, okay, well, that works for me too. Okay, boom, let's do it. 
but so many times I feel like in order to approach another, especially business relationship for me, I feel like I gotta have the answers. Cause I, I the last thing I wanna hit a nigga, I want a nigga to hit me with is like, well, okay, what do you want me to do? Man? So, does that make sense? Is it, so you have an issue with rejection? I do. I do. I just now get I one hundred percent do. Yeah, I hate no's and see because that yeah, smart thing like, it goes back to that like you know the minute you you come in and you already know you're smart and intelligent, but somebody hits you with the like you ain't. That's a form of rejection. Like oh oh, thanks. you rejected my intelligence, yep, I'm and I'm not trying to flex I don't even it. Want to deal with you no more. But now I realize you rejected it. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Now I got to Now I got to get you. You know what I mean? So that's why I haven't dated as many girls in, in, in my hookup. Now that I'm. Hey, like, I raise my hand. That's me, bro. Yeah, I'm. I'm bowing out. Like the first yeah. no. Like I've seen niggas that are persistent as yeah. fuck. Yeah. I, I, they gonna continue like the first no I get. Okay, I'm out. Oh, yeah, that's the end of the world. I, it was the yeah, end of the world. Like, nah, I ain't gonna fuck you. Yeah, yeah. you gotta approach me at that point. Like, that yeah, was, like it. at this point, it's over for me. But yeah, like you said, that was a good call. I, I do. It's not a well. Yeah, it is to be c- completely transparent. A fear of rejection. Yeah, like I don't want you to be able to be like, nah, I ain't fucking with that. What's that? Fi- what is it? What is that feeling like? Because it, it it triggers something in you that, like, even when your mom from that time on, even moments you probably had over time, what is that internal feeling? feel like to you when you feel that rejection where he's like nah nope you ain't I'm, i don't what you want what do you mean what, you know um a lot of that is being in my own head being an only child not having brothers and sisters to implement the humility of those things because a lot of the times rejection is like it ain't a personal thing it's like bro no i'm not it's i'm cool off of that yeah. but me i take it personal okay and that's because there were no brothers or sisters or anything like or really close mom or dad relationships for me to be like to hear no consistently and, and not understand that it. it's not personal when you get a no bro it's like i wasn't fucking with that but for me like you said what's that feeling it's like oh okay you shutting me out you told you like you tuning me all the way out you ain't fucking with me okay cool i ain't fucking with you like that's what it is for me when i hear no more defensive than anything it ain't no defensive yeah no absolutely. hold on you like i'm not good enough type feeling for you that ain't that ain't the feeling you would describe no, I ain't, I ain't, that, ain't my that definitely is me like it's definitely <laughs> yeah, you that ain't, good enough no nah, it ain't it ain't it ain't i ain't good enough thing for me because er, very early on man as an only child i had to learn like that self-doubt self-talk like i wouldn't because i i didn't have the reassuring voice like I grew up with all women So you know how women hold you accountable Like women not gonna be the ones Unless like they One million percent bought in It's your wife Your girl that fuck with you forever They ain't gonna be the one That had a pom-poms They gonna give you the real mm-hmm. So when we're talking about Female cousins And moms And aunts Like it's like Wow Like That level of I, I, I couldn't take That personally I had to have the esteem To be like It's not me it's them <laughs> arrogantly <laughs> to, if that answers your question but yeah it's not a yeah it's not a personal thing it, it's not a personal thing where i feel like i'm not good enough it's more so of okay well fuck it i'll do it by myself okay. that's what it is for me like that's the resort for me it's not i don't go sit in a room and sulk i don't feel like oh well damn this is a bad idea because i am kind of narcissistic i am kind of arrogant so it's not that oh this isn't gonna work because someone told me no for me is ah, oh, they didn't get it and i'm gonna do this shit by myself and they're gonna be calling me and they gonna want in on it and i'm gonna be way too far gone to be able to even respond to it. Mm. so for me it's more so the isolation aspect of it is probably 
detrimental. It's not like I, I get down on myself. It's like, okay, well, fuck y'all. I'm going to take my ball and go home like any other only child would. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I guess I had a different kind of, like for me, it was, and again, I had I have siblings. So it's like you would think, oh, bro, you got, you got reassurances, you got validations, you got these things, but I would take it like the rejection and just, even like I told you like a little bit ago, this is the, the craziest thing that's helped me with rejection as of recent. Because I still had a weird thing with it you know is being on instagram and like making i told you a minute ago now but like making these memes and like really feeling like yo i'm 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 cooking i'm in a deep bag here and then like just getting like low likes and then somebody makes some like a trash one or just some like low effort you know some low graphic whatever and get all of these like it wasn't start out and i i like being that like hip hop head type dude, like man, y'all niggas like, blah, blah, like you know. But then I realized it, it just hit me. I I don't even think I, I may have talked to you, and then I just went away one day, and I was just like, so what? So what? So what? You got two likes, or you got twenty likes, you got 50. so what? You win some, you lose some. It doesn't. It, I used to think the rejection defined me, and that was my problem. I, I I'm rejected. I'm not dope. Dang. Because because by the time I approach somebody, I've thought it all the way out. Mm. So when I approach you, I got all of the T's and I's crossed or, and dotted. I just need you for this part. So that's that's me. I, I, I need you for ask, this. Yeah. With the rejection thing, when you were younger, like let's say you're approaching a girl with her number, oh, yeah. and it's all thought out, you had to have a reason. Like give me a piece of gum. Or oh yeah, I had to. Oh man, like it was. Like, it was never just walking up. Nah. Your <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nah, bro. It I was, was similar to that. Yeah, yeah like, I, I like couldn't it. just, I couldn't just come in hot. Mm-mm. Like, hey, hey, my girl, let me get you know. Like, let me have a piece of gum or yeah, a shoe untied yeah. or some shit like that. That way, you you're warming up the conversation. Yeah, so I, I understand what you're saying. It took me like four days that. to ask this girl to prom. Like, I, I literally planned it <laughs> back to back to back. I, I was like, okay, <laughs> she gonna be at her locker. She go to her locker every time after this period. We got class together. I didn't want to ask because I didn't want to get rejected in class in front of people, and I really it really hurt my self esteem. So I'm like, okay, today's the day I'm going to do it. I'm walking towards that direction because that's my class next class going downstairs, and I see her at the locker. Then I walk off. I'm like, damn, I don't got the confidence. I wasn't ready. So finally, that last day, I built it up, and she said yes. I was like, cool. I mean, it ended up backfiring later, but at the what time, what did you ask on that last day? What was it? Did something change? Well, I was on the time clock because I made this. Me and a female friend of mine, we said, if neither one of us have a date to prom, let's just go together. That's like, fat. yeah, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> so that you, you got a little encouraged with that. If not fat shaking, y'all. <laughs> but you got a little encouraged with there. It's like, I knew it. I mean, and she wasn't like huge or nothing, but it was just she like, was yeah, she was big. No problem, big. At that point, I, mean, I was super shallow. You know, we we shallow in the mother high school. So with me, it, uh, so similar situation for me. I didn't even to to remove myself from that. I didn't even ask anyone to prom. Like I had a girlfriend. She was in eleventh grade. Like I'll go to her prom. I'm not even going to my prom because I don't want to ask her. I don't want to ask nobody <laughs> from my school. God, I'm good. Man. I ain't even like I don't even like this shit that much. So if I go to her prom with her, then we cool. Like that satisfies the whole prom thing. My yeah. mama gets some pictures. I ain't got to go to my. Like, I didn't even go to my senior prom. I went to my girlfriend's junior prom. I went. Now I did that though. The year before I did that. That's the only reason that makes up for the senior. One, cause the senior one was so trash. And I'll share that on another episode because it. This, I was, was probably dope. I like I fucked with people. I just like that. 
especially in high school like it just wasn't my bag like, i don't want i don't even want to do this i'm only i really only did it because my mom wanted the prom piss i don't even want to go to the prom so is it because like, you don't, don't like dancing do stuff you don't want to get fresh i mean yeah, I, like, it seems like that would be a... none of that interests me okay like, like you I didn't want to dance. I didn't want to dress up. They like nothing. Nothing about it interests me. My mom just kept asking me about it. So I said I'm gonna go with my girlfriend at that time to her prom, and that was it. But like nothing else about it interests me. Like it, it's I don't care about stuff that don't interest me. I don't want to go put on a face. I hate yeah. doing it. Yeah, especially at that time. Yeah, especially at that time. Like none of that shit interests me. I didn't care. I, I'm definitely I, w- I really didn't care either To be honest bro Like I had confidence But I had that quiet confidence When I'm by myself Around people I'm comfortable with Mad confident Talking Jokes All that I got around A bunch of people I know Quiet You know what I mean So I just like But anyway I'm gonna say what yeah, There's some yeah. people That'll be like It's some people That you can meet you be like Yeah Lou he's shot And there's some people That'll be like What the fuck Are you talking exactly. about Exactly Like ain't no way In the world That dude is shot Exactly yeah. <laughs> Who are you talking We talking about The same person like, We ain't even talking About the same person <laughs> 100%. So, but yeah, to, to put a bow on it, the, the uh, eventually I got over that little Instagram thing. And I mean, you know, you have moments where you shine and you got the, you got that look. So I just realized it's like, who cares? Like, I, I don't know. I just, as I got older, I just stopped caring. Like, I was just like, it don't, it doesn't, these things don't validate me. I don't, I can't put too much stock in it. You know what I mean? Which is ties back to why I told you I was like, okay with losing sometimes. Like, but anyway, man. Okay with losing. Wait, what? Remember, I talked about like I'm, about I'm saying like like winning and That's losing. That's my pet peeve. I can't stand losing. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I, I'm not okay with if I keep losing. Now, let's be clear. Like it ain't like oh, I'm about to go on a losing streak. Oh, okay. but but I'm okay if I if it's a scenario we competing and I lost. All right, now well, we got be flipping quarters. We can be right. flipping and guessing quarters like I want to win, like because right, <laughs> it t- it takes it just took too much emotional stock for me. Like that's a part of that rejection thing too. I was like, all right, I I got to get in front of this before I just take the L's and be all again thinking, oh you trash, you know. Let me get ahead of this and just be like, all right, whatever this is, you steal this. So I, that it helps me to be at peace, but it also can hurt because I ain't hitting the gas all the way at moments. Mm. So mm. It, it's a it's a give and take. Let's jump into the zeitgeist real quick. Well, I really wanted to know what you thought about this, man. I'm not sure if you've seen the story. I got to click on the link. Okay. In New York, there was passengers on the subway. Black dude was wild. He was like belligerent, getting up in people's faces, doing the absolute most on the subway. Almost the way it was a threat to people's safety. Right? So a white subway passenger takes it amongst himself to grab the dude, choke him out, killed him uh the guy died later at the hospital i think i think he died on the spot but they brought the white dude in for questioning and choked him out and it was like man he was wild on the train so i had to subdue him they let the white dude go they're not charging him with murder or anything like that as of yet so i just wanted to get your thoughts on that we talked about the black dude knocking on the guy's porch different things of that nature and this struck me because on one hand you can say hey man he was trying to protect the passengers on him he was trying to do what he thought was right on the other hand you can say man it ain't your business bro that's what we pay police for nobody got hurt prior to you hurting that man so what made you think that you had the, the leeway to be able to do that when you hear a story like that well what are your thoughts immediately from a 
white man choking a black man out who was acting belligerent on the subway. The white man claims he was trying to save people. This is a little different from what it sounds like. I don't know the time frame and how long this guy was wilding, but to me, this is a little if, and I'm, I'm not shooting bell here, but to me, this could fit more in that category of I feared for my life. I feel like. If, if I didn't see the video, I don't know what the dude was doing. But if he was belligerent, if he was getting in people's faces, pushing, zhuzh, I don't know what this dude was doing. But like, in my imagination, if you're getting in faces, you're yelling at women or children or yelling at whoever's around and just falling on people and, ah, blah, blah, you know, just going crazy or whatever. Like, and dude jumps in my face. I don't know what you was about to do. I got, I put you in a chokehold. I was trying to bring, I was trying to subdue you. You got really rowdy, so I kept you in the hole. I mean, that's that's it. You got real rowdy, and you kept, you know, and I'm trying to put you in the hole, chill, calm it down. You know what I mean? But unfortunately, the man lost his life, so I, I don't know much more than that. But, and I, I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't even be courageous enough to do this without seeing, like, something physically happening to get hurt before I put, like, feel the need, like, oh, I'm the one that got to choke this dude. I, I can't even... White people have a different kind of courage, and we talked about that. And part of the courage, courage is, or privilege. Okay, see, that's what I'm about to say. That's the other side of the coin. It's the other side of that courage coin. Courage or privilege. It's on the same. It's in the same coin, bro. It's on the same coin. So it's like it's privilege and it's and it's courage, you know, because it does go in other areas too, where it's like, oh, it doesn't necessarily, you know. But I mean, what what you came across this story, and I imagine you probably talked about this in your chat. What are you? Nah, nah, it's the first time I've discussed this. Ah, so what? What do? What do you I don't think? I think anything, a lot of people have been up on this. Um, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit from white privilege standpoint of like what you and I said. It ain't a courage thing, bro. We know the fucking repercussions of stuff that happens when you break the law. You can't fuck around. You can't go around thinking that you Batman. All these people's putting people in danger, so I'm gonna put him in a chokehold. He had dude in a chokehold for 15 minutes. So you, you didn't say that detail. Yeah, I just, I'm reading it now. I'm, I'm reading over oh, the stuff. Okay, now that's yeah, that changes everything. Witness, witness said that witness said that he had the guy on the ground for 15 minutes. The guy was flailing his arms. All he could do was move his arms. Said he suddenly started moving. Said he was out of strength. Yeah, like you don't get to do this, bro. I don't give a fuck who you say that you're trying to save. This is similar to the George Floyd shit when a nigga like the, the cop just I'm, I'm just going to stand on this dude neck because I'm white and I'm a cop and like who's going to do anything about it or who's going to give a fuck? Like who is this nigga in here spending counterfeit funds? Like no one's going to care if he dies. Same thing with this. Like who is this nigga shouting whatever it may be on the subway seems to be coming off aggressive. I'm the great white hype So I feel like I can choke him out And I can choke him out for 15 minutes Since the police got here And if he dies so what You don't get to fucking do that bro Like you make sure that people are safe If that's what you looking to do Like that's the courage part If it's women If it's children around Who you feel like they're in danger Here come stand behind me Or let me usher you off Or let me stand right here with you To make sure he doesn't come over here and bother you But you don't get to like choke the dude out and choke him out for 15 minutes oh he died well okay he was doing some bad shit that ain't up for you to decide 
And I think a lot of stuff what we talk about with white privilege is this right here. You and I as black men, I would never feel safe in choking another person out on the fucking subway until the police came. Because I know at the end of the day, they're going to charge me with murder. Exactly. Like y'all are going to come and get me. Exactly. But if it's a white dude, there's a little less expectation of you to be like, okay, well, you weren't thinking about the consequences, so we didn't mind that you choked him out and you killed him. That's not right. Like, I don't give a fuck how many people felt like they, they were in danger. Get off the car. And I know that's, that sounds harsh to say, but there's a lot of other things that can happen before this man has to die and get choked out on the subway for people to feel like that they were safe. So this white man doesn't get to do that. I, I feel like this is, is bullshit. It, okay, when you say so, let me let me retract and redact. When you talk about choking somebody out fifteen minutes, I'm thinking he put this man in to a subdue hole. him. Yeah, well, you're thinking to subdue him. Just something. I'm normal. thinking like a, a I'm thinking couple about minutes. Yeah, nigga, I'm calm thinking down. a strong three to seven. You know what yeah, I mean? Nigga, I'm like, calm okay, calm down. The police gonna come. I'm gonna hold you like this. Minutes, the police get here. Fifteen minutes is fucking crazy. Bro. You already had some kind of issue. I feel like you almost had to have some kind of issue with black people. You already had a, a preconceived thoughts of black people. I'm not saying like, oh, this is a perfect nigga. Go. This there is a perfect nigga. I'm going to kill him today and get away with it because I... No, I ain't saying that, but you probably had some internal anger at moments about how you felt about black people, but minded your business until this opportunity came. And and it started... It could have started off right, but then some of that built-up anger of whatever issue you had legs you to continue to hold hold this man in the choke where his arms are flaming because he's he's clearly calmed down but now he's you know what i mean brain dead obviously once he gets to the hospital and pronounced dead so i don't i don't agree with this either and i and it is privilege it's this goes to what dr melfi asked tony why do you feel like you, why you do have you to be the, why why are you the person that has to implement the justice bro do what you can Save the people who feel like they're in danger, but choking a nigga out for 15 minutes is unacceptable. And as a society, we should know that. that there should be no question. There should be no, oh, well, maybe he's safe. Like, nah, bro. You can't just grab a nigga and choke him out for 15 minutes. Especially, like we're saying with the ratio aspect of it, like, bro, call the police. That's what you have a phone for. Dial 911. Get them on the line. Oh, they're not going to get here quick enough. Okay, that's cool. Then figure out how to subdue the nigga without killing him and putting him in a chokehold for 15 minutes. But it's unacceptable, I feel like, for you to have the audacity to think that you could do that, bro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay on the ground, choke this nigga out on the subway car for 15 minutes in front of all of these people and not have any fear of any repercussions of what may happen. Because, oh, I was saving people. Who the fuck are you, nigga, Batman? Bro, it's that white savior complex. It, it, it's so hard because they don't, they, we, as a society it ain't gonna never be in one thought because we're not operating from the same privilege and standpoint black people are on defense every day we wake up and we go out to the world we are on defense white people are, are not on defense they're on offense they're not thinking about let me protect or hold on let me chill out because this could happen to me they're on offense like i wish you would i know i'm doing the right thing there, there's no way they could fathom the idea which speaks to why I said them operating on offense kind of feeds into that courage of them doing wild stuff that black people probably would never do you know like this we're on defense there's no way we would we would have had to play everything out before thinking we were going to choke a white man out for being belligerent and drunk and acting wild and scaring people or making people very uncomfortable 
he would, literally, he would literally have to be like putting his hands on a child or a woman. Yeah, he would have to like got in their face. For me to react, like other than me being like, man, this nigga crazy and put my headphones on. Like he would really, he would have to be touching a woman. Yeah, you have to like. In yeah. some sense or like threatening a child. And I step in and be like, nah, bro, you need to relax. Yeah, nah, definitely. Figure out what I'm going to do from there. Yeah. But nah, like if you just wilding, you just wilding and like people are scared. Like, I mean, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right, just hopefully, you know, hopefully we're getting off at this stop soon. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um. I don't know. I think they just, you just need, I don't know. You need, do they have security on these carts, man? Have you ever rode a subway before? No. Not, I've only rode a shuttle uh, and buses. What do you mean shuttles and buses? Like at the airport? Shuttles at the airport, buses around the city. And a bus out of town. Subway different. See, Atlanta got a MARTA, and I rode the subway in New York when I went to. Yeah, it's different, bro. It's the Wild Wild West, though. I, I want to be very clear. It's, it, it ain't for the faint of heart. When I when I went to when I went to New York and I went, my homegirl was like, "I'm not. You can do it if you want the experience to ride a subway, but I'm not doing." It. <laughs> and me and my homeboy got on there. and was like, "Okay, I see why she said that." Oh, and, what does that mean? No, nah, it, it's it's live, like bro, like you you. It ain't dangerous in the sense of, oh, I'm fearing for my life, but you have to be on your P's and Q's. Yeah. Like it ain't no oh this is a pleasant train ride I'm going here I'm like nah this niggas on there that's homeless this niggas on there that's drunk this niggas on there that's trying to scam you like you just need to be in your shit whether you got your headphones on or you looking straight ahead like but it ain't no it ain't no place for like amateurs I do I will say that like motherfuckers will will sniff you out and even that said I rode this the martyr here in Atlanta same thing like my mom my cousin. <laughs> my mom and my two cousins came down here and I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take take them on tomorrow. We're gonna go get them experience that. <laughs> and my cousin My cousin and, and, and Atlanta Marta not even that bad. And she was like, nah, no, not I would never do this again. I appreciate you wanting us to have the experience, but nah. No, it's bums on here, it smells like piss. And again, Atlanta's a good one. Atlanta not even that populated where it don't even go all the way around in the city. So it's not even that like like New York shit. But still Dang at the same true, time, yeah. right, at the same time, my mom, my cousins, they're from Nashville. They've never rode a subway. Yeah. So Atlanta, the introductory one, is good for them. And even they was like, oh no, nah, I'm not fucking with this at all. <laughs> you good for even knowing where this goes and why it goes there because I would have never even rode this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, the subway a tough place, bro. It, like it's it ain't different. No, you can't just go in there and like, oh, like lollygagging. Nah, like, you nah. got to be on your shit. You underground, but even with that bro. Being said, yeah, well, even that being said, you can't choke a nigga out. Like, can't that, that. that ain't, that ain't happening. Well, rest in peace to that gentleman. It's, you know, it's sad to have to have this information, but um, lock it and lock that other dude up. Yeah. Vigilante. That probably getting okay, if he do get locked up, it probably be like manslaughter. It probably get he ain't got to go to jail. Ah, oh, okay. I about to say it'd be some kind of wrapped up in a bowl. So he won't go to jail for it. He'll get, he'll get a um, probably probation if they even charge him for anything. He'll yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, what we got next? Bro? Yeah. So I know you're not big on Vic Mensa, uh, but Vic Mensa <laughs> understatement of the year. Yeah, but he but he be killing them freestyles though. He kills those freestyles. Stop. He do. All right. Somebody listening now be like, nah, Vic be. A B will probably subscribe. Be like, nah, he be killing freestyles when he be on LA Leakers. 
Uh, but anyway, recently, I thought this was just interesting. It says he recalls how taking drugs to enhance his creativity made him suicidal. And this is a statement. I just want to see kind of what you thought about it a little bit. Uh, it says the first drug I really felt dependent on was mushrooms. Uh, he started doing them abusively probably 100 times a year when he was 19. He goes a little further on, say he started doing coke, started doing weed, started doing alcohol, and he was, and eventually all of the drugs stopped working, and he tried to just like keep maxing out on them, and, and they didn't work, and because they wasn't working, they they started to it started to make him suicidal because that's the only way that he could operate and make good music, operate and live, whatever. Like, so my question to you, Spike, that I thought was interesting is. Have you ever had a hard time breaking away from a habit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, drinking as much as I did prior to like when I stopped. Mm -hmm. And Xanax. Like I used to love to take Xanax to be like cheap. What oh, I'm about to say, what is that for? I never know what Xanax what, what, is what, playing Xanax. Like just make you mellow. Like, oh, I'm cool, whatever, bro. It don't matter. Yeah, sorry. I can't get stuck. <laughs> that, it, that, yeah, it will, it will get you stuck. Um, How'd you break away from that? People, like people, didn't like. It, it, it's not a thing where it has like Xanax make you really sleepy, or if you got a tolerance to it, it's like you really loopy. So then if you mix it with alcohol and drinking and some shit like that, then like yeah, you're going down a dangerous path. So what made me stop is people, <laughs> my friends, like my friends, like, bro, like you, you sleep, you fall asleep and shit, yeah. stuff like that. So it, it, it's something that you would have to pay attention to because it does feel good to just take one. Like it's 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 like a magic pill, like all your fucking worries and go away and you just be like, oh, okay, I'm good. Everything's great. <laughs> Everything is great. Everything, yeah, everything's solid. It's bro. beautiful outside. Good. Yeah, it's, I feel good. Yeah, I can just chill. I can just smoke my weed and I can just chill. Oh, yeah. Of course, we you know that ain't no type of way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. With that being said, yeah, you could get really addicted to that type of, I'm going to take one of these every day and just yeah. chill. It's regiment. Um, yeah, every day ain't just a chill day. So to break myself from that, I had to listen to people around me and be like, bro, like, that's not you. Like everyday chill, everything cool. Like you're you're to be challenging people. Like there's a personality inside of you that, that is suppressing. So in order for that to be able to like your fullest your fullest being and us being me being really concerned about you and like it wasn't to no detriment of having to having Christopher Montesanti intervention or nothing, but just <laughs> close personal friends. Like nah, bro, you good. Don't don't do that. Don't do that no more. And me being open enough to be like, well, if they said something, then I, I need to listen to it. Because wow. that's how, that's why I don't call so many people my friends and have close personal relationships with people that I do call my friends. Because if they do bring something to my attention, I'm going to take it serious. Mm -hmm. like, I, like, okay, because okay. you know, you should know me. Mm -hmm. And you know what I can handle and what I can't handle. So if you're saying that you're seeing something that you feel like I can't handle, I'm going to take that serious. So for me, that's what it was that would break me out of a bad habit or bad stuff. Like, again, like we spoke throughout this program, to my personality, I don't want to be looked at as a weakling. I never can be looked at as that. That, that to me, is more probably of a drug than anything else. Like a motherfucker looking at you like you, you the dependent, 
you need the crutch. Like you a bum. Can't, I can't. I can't deal, bruh. Yeah. We 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 will detach before you look at me that way. You will see me like like there there that 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 I can't go for, and that's just part of how I was raised. My mom like my personality, uh, all of the stuff that we've talked about, but that I couldn't go for. So I couldn't go for anyone looking at me like that and saying that or feeling that way about me because of something that I could prevent mm. and doing. What about yeah. you? I mean, I know you had an alcohol thing. Yeah, alcohol. I I just recently. <laughs> just recently like made that finally made that step and just really prayed on it and, and bro i gotta be real y'all i'm on on air here i gotta be honey some of y'all relate some of y'all may not but bro i did not realize how much i leaned on alcohol bro it'll sneak up oh on my gosh sneak up on you i, like I didn't you know drink, just drank every day and be like you yeah know yeah, I'm a, a nightcap. Feel a certain way. Every, that was. I'm trying. I'm just uh, trying to get to this certain little yeah, feeling. Yeah, man. that's it. That, that's I, I don't hurt nobody. Trust. Yeah, I ain't trying to like. I'm just want to get to right here. Right I'm here. Good. I know and, what you mean. And bro, it, it's so it, it's 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 getting easier now. But the first few days was so hard because I like I realized when I get anxious, I was drinking. When I my confidence it helped my confidence or awkwardness when I drink, I, I wasn't those things. I realized when it was time to like sleep, it really helped me get feel a certain way so I could get to sleep a certain way. I realized when it's time to be intimate with my wife, the chemistry, my flow of things, you know, not having that now being sober and having to really mentally get in that space. It was it's I didn't realize, bro, like I go to my people house, have a drink, go. Uh, they don't drink, sneak a drink, go to the restaurant. What's on the drink? Menu? I'm like, bro, like I didn't realize like it had a hold on me for real. Is like, someone. Did someone point it out to you that you loved, or is it something that you realized like, oh, it hit me like a big walk? Uh, it's been over the years. I've tried to quit a few times uh, over the years. You know, I've had you had moments where you, you wake up in the morning, you test the temperature with your girl, kind of like, oh man, I don't even remember like getting to bed, like kind of like do the rub and seeing that she might throw your hand off, like oh, I must have said something I shouldn't have said. Yesterday. <laughs> I should. I probably got too hype and got too, you know. I got too belligerent and got confident off yeah, the liquid courage. I'm like, man, whatever. That black I, I, face. Yeah, that black you Wake I've up had, in the morning, like, oh, wait, wait, what happened? Oh, <laughs> That's the scariest feeling yeah, trying to man, figure like, out. The worst feelings. Bro. You're like, wait, what? Bro. I got a whole story about that. that Dog. That drove a part of I don't think like, we I never talked about addiction, did we? No, I don't, okay. I don't know, but I, I got a whole story about it. Okay, I don't we, think I ever told. Yeah, I got one. I'm older. Bro, I got plenty. Of know what I'm talking about. I got too many of those. Like, but yeah. So, just drinking has really been a, a hard thing for me. We was at one point, um, but then after a while, it's just I, I couldn't get with the psychedelic vibe of it. Uh, cigarettes really hard. That was the only reason I ended up stopping smoking, smoking cigarettes. cigarettes because the, the weed. I never was, understood how niggas smoke cigarettes. Like, I, niggas. Is, I was never like the real like I never was like a real smoker. So cigarettes or black and miles or weed. Like I'm not mean, a, you weren't a real weed smoker. Or you weren't a smoker for real. Like I'm, I, I never looked at myself as a smoker for real because I wasn't that dedicated to it. When like, you're talking about weed, right? No, yeah, all, all of it. You're just talking about period. So how did you start smoking cigarettes though? That's so, like cigarettes ain't never been cool in no aspect of my life. Oh uh, well, we used to smoke. We used to smoke weed and we follow it up. You know, cause we weren't about to keep rolling up over and over. Like it's like, all right, we because especially me and my wife, we were early in the game, so we we didn't need much to get. Your wife smoked. 
yeah, she put me on to it at the time. You know, it was we seen some on Soul Food. We thought it'd be kind of sexy, and I never wanted to do it till I got married, and then we just That's did cool. it, and then it kind of became a thing. But anyway, we used to smoke a black and mild behind it. It was kind of like the chaser type deal. So it was like, okay, cool, get the black and mild in between. But if and then you know, one smoke, you just smoked a black and mild in the regular daylight. But then it was just like, hey, it's so dried out and so weird. So. I don't know if my brother, I didn't have black, he had a cigarette, but he had the menthol. And I'm like, man, this hit like a black and mild, but it's like smoother. <laughs> that's how I started. <laughs> and then it became cigarettes after the weed, did a weed with a way. Niggas are run anywhere I grew up at, it, any nigga I know, they will run you out of the room like a cigarette. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they don't care, bro. They don't care, bro. They smoke right in front of the church, boy, with kids walking right out. Like, they do not care. But uh, cigarettes was the hardest, uh, the hardest breakaway for me in cigarettes. Only reason I broke away because I had to, I had to get my tooth pulled and it was in so much pain. I was like, bro, I can't keep smoking these cigarettes. Boy, yeah, makes sense. Man, so I happened to be with my wisdom too for smoking. I couldn't see. do it like stop. <laughs> yeah, boy, that 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 when that yeah. wisdom yeah. to Vic Mensa's thing, getting hooked on mushrooms is crazy. I don't understand that at all. Yeah. Um, I've done mushrooms before. It's not a cigarette or weed mm-hmm. or alcohol drug. Like you doing the right mushrooms and they hitting you right. Like that ain't nothing you're trying to do every day or every night. Like that's a. I'm I'm trying to tap into something. <laughs> you like, to I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how people turn that into a high drug. It's mm-hmm. not mushrooms. Not a high drug. I work with unless you microdose. Unless you microdose, you microdose, you probably okay. can take a little bit every day, and I can see that. Okay. But if you're doing the thing, like, and you taking a couple of them, and you like, I'm trying to be higher on these mushrooms. Doing that every day is fucking crazy. It's crazy. It, it, like, it you don't even you live on this planet. Like, yeah, that'll make you a different person. And, and so we, that makes a lot of sense to where we seen Big Mister come in at and where yeah. he ended up at now. Yeah. Like, if exactly. he was doing mushrooms like that every day, I get. It made his career make a lot more sense. To it does. It absolutely does. Uh, just a last note on that. I remember when I was, you know, helping uh, when my, my daughter was younger and I was like still smoking weed at the time. Like this was one of those things that always stuck with me. And we were doing homework or whatever. It was probably kindergarten. It was super young. It wasn't even like real deal. But, you know, you're new at it. So you're figuring out as a parent. And I remember like I was already at that point. I was high. But. Just, just weed, nothing, nothing serious, nothing, just regular chill. But I remember the, that I couldn't feel anything. Like I remember, like she was doing the homework, and I mean, my wife was like, "Like, come on, you gotta get it together. Like, come on." And I remember being in that moment, like I was like, "Man, I should be here mentally. I should be here with you, but I'm so elevated, I don't feel anything. I should feel like, hey, what was you on weed? Yeah, just weed, just weed. That's it. You know, nothing crazy, but it always had a strong effect on me. That's how I knew I wasn't supposed to do it, but." I just remember being like, yeah, nah, I, I think way too. I'm too much in my head. It's not the part, not for me. But I just remember <laughs> what you say. I said, yeah, you'll blow a nigga high quick. Nah, like, nah I, was pretty, I was pretty. I was pretty good about it. I, Cause I knew I was like, I played off like cool, you'll but be I was trying to blame you. You'll be behind trying to have the deepest conversations or the most personable conversations. Yeah, so that's that. That definitely. Niggas just want to be high. I can see that. You just like. But once I pick up the ain't feeling, I just go, I just freestyle. Let's let's throw some beats on. Hey, that's freestyle. Yeah. I'm just fucking with you. Go ahead. 
But no, I just, I remember not feeling, I remember I was like, man, I can't live life like this. So tying it to the shrooms, I'm like, bro, I can't live life where I don't feel anything. I got to feel bad and I got to feel good. I got to feel everything. I don't want to live life not feeling nothing. Now, you know, for other people, it's like, bro, it's just weed, relax. But tying it to the mushrooms, it's like, you're living like, I can't feel nothing. It's like, dang. And then it makes me almost say, Why, what is so bad about, what is so hard about your life? You don't want to feel nothing ever. You dealt mushrooms before? Nah, and I don't want to. Wow, oh, man. I heard stories. I, I don't, that's the reason I stopped weed. I don't like psychedelic. It's, it's too far out of my control. That's why I was a drinker for so long is because it's in my wheelhouse of it's real. I don't know how to deal with this ain't really real. But it is real. But it ain't. You know what I mean? That psychedelic out of body. Oh. It's, it's too. I, I'm not good. I, I did, bro. I did you. CBD, and I was tweaking out. A CBD mean? gummy. Tweaked all the way out. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Even mean? Because that's <laughs> not even a psychedelic. Like well, what do you mean? It had a little THC. Well, just what it was making me feel like. It didn't take me to places where I'm seeing things. You were super calm. That's what I was CBD. calm, but it was. I just always had a. I can't even explain it, like, cause I don't even like to explain it, cause people be like, "Bro, you tripping?" I'm like, "Bro, I'm trying not to. I'm keeping it cool. I'm playing the mental game ahead of." Explain the it. Tell me. Tell me. Let me hear what you're saying. So I'm. I'm I try to gummy. I'm like, okay, cool. Ain't nothing happening. Ten minutes. Okay, cool. Twenty minutes. Okay, started. So just in. one, right? Just well, one. you took multiple. Okay. Just one. Yeah, yeah, I learned my lesson. I took. Two weed Jolly Ranchers years ago. I almost left my whole job. Almost threw the whole job in the trash, bro. But that's that's gonna be for the <laughs> that episode. Yeah, bro. Is always I, you, abs- you are absolutely yeah, right, I, and I am glad about it. I, I like, like drug professionals. Spike uh, Lou like drug professionals. Yeah, nah, you no amateur, don't do drugs with me, man. Yeah, nah, don't, but what man. was you about to say? We're not encouraging drugs. Just so y'all know, if we want to get any sponsors or anybody that is interested in our show, um, but yeah, so. Just, I remember my mom. I can't even re- explain. Like, my mind just was like deep in a hallway of thoughts. And then my body just started feeling like. From CBD. Yeah, CBD. It felt to me That's at crazy. that moment, it felt just like like weed, like an edible weed to me. Hey, I was like, man, I think y'all lying about the I think like... y'all lying about the numbers. Like, I was like, nah, y'all lying. It's more than what y'all saying it is. <laughs> I swear. I was like, nah, this is real. CBD this is weed. makes me. F- CBD makes me feel like okay, it's just it's it's cool. Like you smoke the black, and it's like it got a little bit of weed in it or something. Like that's oh, okay. it. Yeah. yeah, like just a, a trace of weed in your black. Like that's probably is whatever it may be on CBD for mushrooms though. For you, if you ever did decide to do it, I'm not encouraging anything like that because it could. What mushrooms are an exploratory drug, bro. So like it's not anything where you. That's why I said when he talking about he was hooked on them like. Mushrooms not a drug where you can go out and say I'm, I'm finna go party, I'm finna go loud. Let's go have a good time because I'm on mushrooms. Unless you like microdosing or something, then I can understand that. But mushrooms are an exploratory drug into the fact that I'm taking these because something is gonna happen in my mind that's gonna change me. Like that—that's what you take them going into. You take enough where it's like, okay, I, I'm I'm more tapped into these thoughts than I have ever been in my life. That's what. That's the experience that you're gonna get on mushrooms. I don't need that then, because <laughs> I'm already. Yeah, I, I ain't gonna lie. Maybe you do though, and I'm not encouraging you to take drugs. But I, what I it mean, did we just help, said, I, like I took mushrooms. Yeah. What it helped me realize was like, oh, okay. Yeah, 
okay like you have to be more tapped into this that or that and third like it, it it's gonna give you the answer that you're looking for scary funny uh whatever you're looking for like what you just asked and what we talked about earlier of what this life is about and stuff you take mushrooms you're gonna figure it out don't be out in public don't be around people who don't really fuck with you where you they're gonna think some strange shit is going on but if you're in a safe place you're in your home it's somewhere where you can like explore your thoughts it is i i recommend it because on the other side of it you're gonna be like oh okay and it's gonna stick with you it ain't like a weed high it ain't like a drunk where in a couple hours a day it's gonna wear off like no this is gonna be implemented in your brain you're like damn i really experienced that like that happened to me i thought about Man, that you you got the mental wow. capacity probably because i i Bro, I can't tell you when I got high off of weed, like, I was just like, I don't want to be way up here. I'm way too up here. I don't want to. I mean, it may not be for you. You you know, but, but, but I think it's it's a different high. It's a more, yeah, it's a more, it's a more internal thing. It ain't like the weed is like a, like you said, elevated high. And I don't like, if I ain't fucking with this, I don't want to be here. Mushrooms is like, nah, bro. Your soul, I'm finna sit here and talk <laughs> to you. Soul. Like, me, and, me and you finna have this conversation. That shit you've been thinking about, that shit you were scared of, that shit that you was excited about. Just like, let's sit right the here. Let's, come on right here, nigga. Let's talk about it. Let's like let's figure it out for real. Like, are you really about that life? And again, like you need to be in the same place with people who fuck with you, or if you by yourself, not in no place where you're gonna wild out and do something stupid. But if you're trying to get some answers and you're trying to be like Oh, this is why I feel this way about this. Why I thought this way about this. Yep, it, it, it's definitely gonna help. Like I would recommend it to people who trying to source and find answers. Again, it ain't to me. Other motherfuckers might tell you different. It's not a party drug. It's more of a like I'm sitting in the house. I'm trying to figure some shit out. I'm trying to get to a creative space where like I want to know some answers. You gonna get what you're looking for, 100. Hope that helped. Well. <laughs> From the perspective of Spike Lou, the mushrooms uh, is a, a, a experience. Uh, but um, nonetheless, that's it for me. I think that's as high as I go. Weed, mushrooms, I wouldn't never do. I've never done. Would never do any coke or heroin and shit like that. No. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I don't know. We'll figure out a, a way to kind of make turn this into an episode more so about kind of the, the the downside of it. You know what I mean? Uh, but anyway. Um, real quickly, we can move on because I know we're a little long winded here. But uh, Rihanna's Super Bowl performance becomes the most watched in history. What do you take from this fight? Anything you want to say if Rihanna's listening? No, I don't right. think it was much to do with this. Um, I just think that the times that we're in now, streaming different mediums to view it, that's the reason why. Hmm. No knock or credit to her is just like where we are now. You think the blows? Yeah, you think the next yeah, person? Next year's, whoever do it next year. That's what I was just about to say. I said, okay. Just Taylor Swift, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that probably would have to happen. I'm not tapped into Rihanna. Like that. No, I'm not. Like, I know. Did you see the Met Gala shit the other day? I don't watch the Met Gala, but I made some memes, though. <laughs> That's nah, I mean, I know you don't watch it. It's not on. Oh. Did you see the outfits and the the, the some stuff kind of hit the hype and outrage around and shit? Okay, we can move on. We can move on. <laughs> it's okay. I, you know it's I'm okay. the worst person because you know how I feel about industry. Like, oh, okay, it's okay. Now, but we talking about sacrifice this week. Uh, Spike, we both grew up with mothers that sacrificed for us. 
when did you realize that that was sacrificing? Did you realize at that young age in a moment, this is a sacrifice my mom is making for me by working these jobs and things of that nature? Or was it for you to get older to realize, oh, mom was sacrificing? Take it back. You know, I like to always ask, how did you come up with this? What, what made you think of this? Uh, it was tied into last week's episode, but I, you know, when we kind of really get in that bag of conversation, I don't think that we need to force everything in it. Uh, I thought about sacrifice because it kind of, to me, it's on the other side of the coin of compromise. I feel like so they were kind of. It wasn't was specific. I, I mean, and again, I ain't trying to. Yeah, it's just kind of like it like felt like it was format. the other side of that. Coin. I was just wondering, did anything happen specifically in your life, or did you oh. think about something? Not in the sense of oh, because this is our format, but just more in the sense of where was your mind space when you thought about this? I, I honestly, I can't even remember because when it hits me, I just drop it. I can't even pause. Gotcha. I can't even okay. think about where it's coming from. <laughs> what you pause? I said, when it hit me, I, I drop it. I don't know. It just sounds sound pause. No like, it hit me, drop it. Like, I don't know. Uh, but pause it. <laughs> no, so sacrifice, right? Yeah. With mothers, um, I didn't realize for a long time what my mom put on the line to make sure that I was raised correctly. Um, maybe till I was grown, till I was an adult, because mm-hmm. I've always had that kind of egotistical arrogant mindset not really paying attention to other people's lives but as I have gotten older and I am a man now and I see that and my mom was raising me at the same age that I was out in the club or running the streets or dealing with multiple women like all of that shit I was doing in my 20s and that's when she was raising me and I never never remember her going out to clubs or like my mom probably I don't even think my mom drank and I don't know if it was because she was raising me and she's like, I want to do the best for my child if they just want her stilo. But at the same time, like, I couldn't imagine living my 20s. My mom had me when she was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine living my 20s without doing nothing. My mom was dry as fuck, bro. <laughs> it wasn't like she used to be in the on the couch reading the book. And we talking about the 20s and like when from the time that she had me when she 20 years old and me so in her 30s when I was 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 like she wasn't going to clubs like I see women that age now with yeah. kids like in the club mm-hmm. freakum dresses BBLs like they out here mm-hmm. OnlyFans page yeah like bro my mama would be sitting my mama didn't even drink like none of none of my years as to where I was growing up and like really was coherent as to what she was doing like if I was looking for my mom she was at home reading the book or in the bed that's what she did or at work that's what she did like i never could not find her anything like that so when you talk about compromise like yeah i assume that was a lot of compromise Mm. because she never was like out outside yeah for today's terms what about you (laughs) yeah like that uh i do i do remember like like my mom used to not eat there'd be moments my mom wouldn't eat and I realized, like, I didn't realize it wasn't, she wasn't eat. She used to always, like, you know, our parents do, like, oh, I'm on a diet or, oh, I'm on, this is going on. Oh, I'm okay, baby. You know, one night I just was like, nah, mama, I, you can have my hot dogs. You know, you can have my cornbread or whatever it was. Some, it was a cheap meal at the time. But she was, she'd eat a couple bites and then I'd still go ahead and eat the meal. But I was just like, nah, I just kept an eye on her. I was like, nah, mom, you need to eat and stuff like that. But she wanted to make sure her kids was fed. So that was one of the moments. But it really resonates. And even for you, if you so 
so choose to have a child it's gonna hit you again it's like watching a movie over every time you get a little older and watching a movie it resonates different so like having a child brought it back again i'm like man me and my wife were married with our daughter my mom my dad came back into the picture when i was 11 but before all of that uh he, he was in the picture in the beginning and so there's a gap of time where he wasn't around it was just mom and so i was thinking about how stressful it was raising three kids and trying to i gotta check this person homework check this person homework check this you know and i'm thinking about how hard i have it with just one child at moments just trying to get through certain your else. check your homework mm-hmm. yeah. see like that that was nothing like i that that was that didn't even happen for me oh you did your homework it's cool i'm oh, cool that's it like i've been working so your grades was day. good though wasn't it to a point like i stopped showing my mom my report card it, 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 like after yeah, seven like eighth grade yeah like, you must bro, did all right because like, there was never me and my brother was struggling like a mug like you start seeing when did you and, yeah. was there a point in time that you stopped showing your mom your report card never really even yeah. in high school yeah bro bro like after seventh grade i stopped showing my mom my report card I had never. Like she was too busy. Like it wasn't nothing. Like she couldn't. <laughs> never. I think what? they they said <laughs> it's crazy that you say that. Yeah, like they would send a report card home in like seventh to eighth grade. I'm like, bro, like where y'all? I, I forged this shit. Well, that's complete trust in in you, boy. Because they're just. I mean, the trust My I got was asked me. She said, "What kind of grades you making? A's and B's." So when would she After know what you had grade. at the end of the year? All I had to do was pass, bro. Like, long as I wouldn't repeat no grades, she wouldn't know, right? I can't even I, so I forged the sig. I'm forging the signature. Like, she don't know if I'm making a 72 or a 92. It don't matter. What what kind of grades you make? I'm good. Like, as long as each year I'm in the next grade, then I'm, I was good. Like, <laughs> I can't. And now that I'm explaining world? that, I know how crazy that sounds yeah. crazy. Even now that I'm explaining that, because if I had kids, there's no way that that would fly. But that's just how, like, <laughs> yeah, that's how that. my mom worked, huh? bro. That's how yeah. my mom worked. Like, she was like, bro, like, this is legit. What she asked me was like, do I need to stop working my second job and getting you stuff so I can help you with your schoolwork? Nah, we good. Keep working. Like I want the shoes and the clothes and shit. I'll figure this shit out on my own. Cause I think one of the teachers called and it was like he ain't doing so well or some some dumb shit where the teachers was snitching or whatever it may be. <laughs> doing their job. But it was me. like <laughs> doing their job, right? And she asked me. She was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Ah, she this, that, and the third. She's like, well, "Okay, well, I can stop working my second job and I can come home with you and do homework and shit every day, but you know you're not gonna get all the stuff that you usually get." And I was like, "Okay, well, no, nah, I'm good. I figured out the grades will be better, and when, like, just keep doing what you're doing." Hmm. I feel like that was my responsibility to do as her son. Hmm. So that that would have almost been a sacrifice in itself to have to stop working to be there. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. she needed um, the second job. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just I'm going to stop doing this so I could buy you shit. It was like, bro, like you're bullshitting to the point where I got to sacrifice for our lives for me to be home and go over this dumb shit with you that you should know. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of now that I'm talking that out with you, that kind of goes to my personality. Like, bro, yeah, I, no, I have to be the best that I have to be. Like, I, I can't have someone taken away from what they got and what they're doing and what they're good at to come see about me. To make sure that I'm good, to make sure though, are you are you okay? You're doing what you say you're gonna do, like, and 
that has its benefits and its curses. <laughs> I guess that's that's kind of the the that is the experience. That you got to take the good with the not so good. Uh, but uh, how are you with sacrifice at this age? Um, for yourself, it's tough. It's tough. as be, a unit, friends, not, all you know. To be completely transparent, it's tough because a lot of people are not good on telling you why you should sacrifice, and I think being in sales in that part of my life as far as corporate America someone telling you you should stop doing this for that or you should make a sacrifice for this and convincing you to do so it's hard for them to it's hard for someone to say this is my vision I want you to buy into it so sacrifice for it so when someone asks me to sacrifice it's hard but when I need to sacrifice for something that I'm wanting to do discipline comes into play I'm not as disciplined as I'd like to be to sacrifice the stuff as I'd like to mm. does that make sense is it a financial thing like from a financial standpoint like is that the hardest part of like when you refer to like discipline on that like I gotta at nah, this very moment or something I mean, you know sacrifice what I mean? like on the sense of oh, so, so let's take something really surface level as far as diet like I'm getting fat like I like the last time I went home like my folks was like well, your stomach big bro like <laughs> like my mom said it three times I think dang so yeah she my mom actually yeah I love her to death she straight, straight shooter <laughs> <laughs> right like me uh, but the thing is the sacrificing like am I going to try to eat better or am I just gonna try to like maneuver and eat less or not really take care of my body not work out those are the things that when you get older that you have to realize is a sacrifice or is it what's the other thing that you ask the other thing I asked yeah you said something else I'm sorry I lost lost it but yeah um, but like sacrifice only has to do with what you're willing to commit to oh okay I was asking about the financial part like in that area but you said like on the surface level yeah, it wasn't, it, it's not really financial. It's like what I'm willing to commit to. Like what what am I willing to commit to? Like even with, I hate working out. So I'm not really willing to commit to waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning going to work out to lose my stomach. Okay. But if you tell me, hey, you can eat differently, then I'll try that. But I, I'm not committing to, I got to go work out this many hours a week and wake up at 5 and do the uh, three-mile mountain trail. Like, I'm not doing all that. But so if you can you, tell me, hey, you can eat better, then that's a commitment that I can make. Okay. So you you're willing to sacrifice sense. with options. Right. It has to be it has to be more than it's one option. It's convenient for me. If it's convenient for me. Convenient sacrifice. But but, but that ain't really sacrifice. <laughs> Why you say that? Why you sacri- say Because sacrifice ain't convenient, just like compromise. Compromise and sacrifice is not convenient because convenient is that it work all in my favor. Sacrifice mean okay. There's a part of it that's not in my favor, something. but the end goal is. You know what I mean. So I don't know how much is a sacrifice versus it's a choice. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. That makes sense. So, say say that one more time. I, I say I don't know how much of it is a sacrifice versus it's just a choice. So what's a sacrifice again? Like to you when you say sacrifice. Uh, sacrifice I I just it's to me it's very similar to compromise but a sacrifice is like I I may have to lose something to gain something more 
That's why I look at sacrifice as. I don't think I don't there's know. convenience in losing something to gain something more. Like for example, with I don't the eating know if thing. There's a lot of yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of areas in my life where I'm willing to sacrifice. How do you how do you put? I mean, but it, do you think okay? Do you think sacrifice is a part of the ingredients to success or your goal? Or at some point, do you think there has to be that in order to land this Spike Lou media in a? Am I going to have to sacrifice what though? Like, give me a, give me okay. if you can give me a more specific example other than just saying sacrifice. Okay, for like example, tell me what more that you mean. All right. Spike, we like what you're doing. We think it's great that you're doing all these shows, but we want to just we we want you to stop doing all those shows. We want to put you on this new show. You can we're going to give you this salary for a year. This is what we're doing, but we need you to make a decision by this point in time. So sacrifice the brand, everything, relationships that I built to only do one thing, but that, that one thing is going to ensure that I am financially stable in what I'm doing and my goals yeah as, as a podcast they uh, say this is what we think your personality would be great for this but on the other side of okay. that point yeah okay to answer your question I understand more now yeah sacrifice is a part of growth so yes I would be open to sacrifice in order to grow it would have to make sense to me though okay, it couldn't yeah. be just like oh we think you're gonna do this so it would have to be like yeah. we know this is going to happen it would be way more beneficial than what you're doing now so with my personality and how I approach people and what I do, yeah, like sacrifice 100%, I would be open to it, but it got to make a lot of sense. Yeah, of course. What about I mean, you? Sacrifice is intentional. Like you, you can't, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to make this sacrifice. I'm No, it's intentional. There's some thought into right. it. It's not a just pick up and do a thing. So yeah, absolutely. It's got to make sense. And you got to understand all of the kind of the, the, begin, the beginning and the, the, the end of where you're trying to take it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, sacrifice uh is a challenge, but I've made I've 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 been okay with making those sacrifices cuz I I just never try to get too tied on to something. You know what I'm saying when it comes because I kind of operate with that we talk about like the survivor man's uh, mentality or like adaptability. I try to operate that way. So I try not to get overly attached to certain things if I feel like oh well you, they, well you need to do this in order to do this I'm, I'm considering it and if it makes sense I'm willing to make this necessary steps if I gotta lose this in order to gain this if it fits the, the means you know what I'm saying so I, I'm I'm pretty good about that that's not a hard area for me it used to be when I, especially when I was a lot more frugal very cheap it was very hard area for me because a lot of things like when I took real estate classes I was back and forth about it because I'm like man I gotta drop this I dropped this 200 for these, this three day convention you know, but I found a way to get I found a way to get my eyes back out of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, so I'm, I'm pretty good about sacrifice. Um, what about with family and stuff that you are passionate? Like you have a child, you have a wife. I'm sure that there are opportunities that present themselves to where your wife would be like, nah, bro, you need to mm-hmm. relax. You need to yeah. chill out. <laughs> like yeah. we ain't on that as a family right now. Yeah. Speak to those because I really can't speak to those that Spike Lou me in the Tell me about that. It's, it, it, just like compromise is a challenge, you know, but it gets easier years down the road because you start moving as a unit. I mean, we're not moving as two individuals, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So even in the Bible, it says you're no longer uh, twain, which means two in translation, but you're one. So we're one. And then we, we have our addition, our daughter. 
we're all we're still one so we move as a unit so the sacrifice sometimes she might lean a little more on this side i may lean a little bit more on that side but we'll take time at that point and let it marinate and somehow we always end up making the right decision for us i've made sacrifice i was passionate about and it cost us on my marriage and vice versa but mostly me because i mean i'm a man so you just kind of learn where to pick and choose but you got to you got to when you're in a relationship, you're married or you have children, you got to you going into it. You can't go into it with 100 percent of just your brain because it's not it's not just you if it's if it's not just you. You know, what I mean, so I go into it like, OK, this is what I'm feeling. I'm passionate about it. That's what I think. Now leave room for, you know, what's going to make the whole operation work the way it needs to. Got to leave room. <laughs> Let me ask this marriage. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Mine's gonna be like the last one that I was gonna get uh, get to. But what was you gonna say? Going into marriage is that something that you like really reflected upon before you said, "Hey, I want to do this." Is how much do I gotta sacrifice being Maurice to be in this relationship and be in this marriage? You know, even at that early stage, you think about sacrifice. You don't know how far it's gonna go, though. You have no idea because it's a because it, it's a constant evolving. Uh, just like we talk about happiness, it's not a a destination it's a journey it's a part of the journey it's it's you know sacrifice is not i'm gonna make this one sacrifice and this is the end of it life is 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 constantly evolving the world is constantly revolving so things are constantly moving so you're not gonna just make one sacrifice there's gonna constantly be sacrifices throughout the journey in anybody's life so coming into marriage i had an idea of it i didn't but i was nowhere near <laughs> what it ended up being like there's gonna always be those but in the end it work. It works out every time if we coming into it with the right mindset. So it, it's it's worked out, but it wasn't nowhere near what I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> as far as sacrificing, I'm like, okay. Uh, what are you about to say? Lastly, I wanted to say on this before we wrap here, what's the biggest sacrifice that you've made outside of the move? Because I know that's that's you know both of us really you know you with Atlanta me and with Florida. Huge, biggest, you know, those clearly, but I'd be interested to see what you got outside of that. Okay. <laughs> the move is big, though. No, it's outside huge. of the move, what you're saying that, that that really puts me in a place where I, I have to think a lot more about what the answer would be. Mm-hmm. Um, Even if it ain't on a super huge scale, I guess something like an interesting one was like. This was quite the sacrifice, but I did. I mean, dang it, when you was walking home from work, which was crazy, because you should have been asking people. But you know, <laughs> I, well, I you might not have looked at it as a sacrifice. Animal Brown would come get me. Animal Brown would come get me from work, but I walked to work. You know? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but see, I think all of that is a part of my personality and my journey. Like just not being the person who's ultra dependent on someone else. Mm-hmm. So my sacrifice, even. If we were moving it from moving down here, it's like you talk about this a lot when you say, "Oh, you're a cool kid" or whatnot. Like, man, my my network in Nashville was like you wouldn't even understand it. Like, my network and what I was able to do, the people or places, the things that I was able to do in Nashville is completely different <sighs> from Atlanta. And I know you say taking it away from the move, so I won't say just. Yeah, the, the mileage and the like, but just in general, being able to say, you know what, because 
the last time that I went home, I was talking to one of my homeboys, and, and that was one of the things he said. He was like, bro, he was telling me he he divorced from his wife. Like he going through all of these different things. He was like, bro, but I could never imagine picking up and leaving here. My mama here, my people here. Like he like, bro, like I like he was like, how how do you do it on a day-to-day basis? Like who you call, who you talk to, who you pull up on? Because as we were talking earlier, that was one of the homeboys. I, I used to see him every day. So I know you said take it away from the move, but I have to resort to that. Yeah. yeah, like it's just removing myself from that network and being able to say, I'm going to develop my own network just based off the merit of who I am when I came down here. Not where I grew up at. No not people, yeah, not, not because niggas knew me because we grew up in the same neighborhood because niggas knew me because they met me and they're like, oh, you solid. Mm-hmm. Like, what you got going on is solid. I've seen that. Not just, oh, we friends because we were eight years, since we were eight years old and we know each other for a long time. So one of the biggest sacrifices for me was giving up that network, bro. Like I had a strong, solid network where I was from. And I gave I gave all of that shit up and being like, you know what, I'm gonna see if I can figure it out. And it's worked out yeah. accordingly. That, yeah, that was a saying? big like, factor. Yeah, you're right. Facts. Like I, I can have I can do stuff and have conversations with people. Like it ain't like, of course, when I was at home in mm-hmm. my real genuine home was, but at the same time when I'm here in Atlanta, like I can have conversations, pull up on people. Mm-hmm. And I've grown to that next level of relationships and things of that nature where, yeah, like that sacrifice that I made to give up those relationships to go get more relationships is paid off. Hmm. So relationships has been my number one sacrifice. That was wow. the biggest thing for me coming down here, bro. Like I didn't like the relationships that I'd established and that I had in Nashville to give that up and be like, you know what, I'm going to go just do it new. And the only person that I know is Adam Brown. And I'll figure it out from there. And here I am 10 years later, like I've been able to expand my brand to different podcasts, people who've known me from seeing on deck and they they based out of Atlanta. And the only reason that they know me is not because we grew up together, mm-hmm. not because of any other stuff like that. It's because, oh, he does this, he does this well. I respect his opinion and he comes and he fellowships with us on a weekly basis. So yeah, the relationships, that's the number one sacrifice that I've had and been able to overcome to get to a place where like I'm proud of the relationships yeah. that I established while I was here in Atlanta. Like you know Daniel, like Dan, yeah. I ain't even dancing till I moved out here in Atlanta. Yeah. I applaud you, black man. That's dope. I appreciate that, black man. Uh, what about you? Yeah, outside of the move, I mean same same thing is but if the relationship like my family. Like that's obviously that would be the biggest sacrifice. It's like I don't have any family here. I have my my wife's family here, but I have no family here. So hands down, biggest sacrifice. It, but taking it away from the move, I would say, you know, getting married, you know, and people were like, oh, well, that's unnecessary sacrifice. You didn't have to do that. Nobody told you. It wasn't no. But I had to I really had to trust in the vision that God gave me. You know what I'm saying? When I was in jail and I moved on that and it was a sacrifice. And the reason it's a sacrifice for me is because it's like I'm at the young age of 22. You know what I mean? Come on. You know where you were at 22. Some of y'all listening know y'all was at 22. What it could be, what you could have got into, a lot of things that, you know, you know how it is. So, um, and I didn't make all the right moves even through being married. But now I look back at that decision and that that move, and I know it was the right decision. Because for a few reasons, and, and we wrap here. For one, that was, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that's what I was supposed to do. For one, for two, it, it protected me 
from some things that I think if I hadn't done it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I, how I've been moving or what type of person I would be. I know it protected me from some things. I definitely know that. Um, and then three, it, it's gave me a foundation and a standard as a man that I wasn't familiar with growing up. And I've become that and still are growing. I still bump my head and make mistakes, but not, not so much terrible ones now. So it was a sacrifice in the beginning. People looked at us crazy, like 22, 21. What are y'all doing? Y'all, y'all are way too young to be doing this. Now we look back and like most of our friends are now just getting married or early and they married still. And they look at us like the OGs, you know what I mean? Like, man, y'all, y'all was only early on it. Like I know. So that was probably the biggest sacrifice that I could, I could say outside of, you know, moving to Florida and not having any family here. Um, Spike. What can they find you? What you got going, coming up, bro? I am Spike Lou on all your favorite social sites. On Deck TV podcast comes out on Wednesdays. Dead End Sports on Tuesdays, Thursdays, whatever. Full sport. I mean, uh, <laughs> frames per second and all the TV reviews. And then Fridays, of course, you and I do this thing called Another Week in the Books. And mm-hmm. Saturdays, we... Good Earners is coming back. Coming back Monday. Bye. Yeah, Good Earners is going to be back in y'all feeds, man. Y'all get ready for that. So all of the stuff that you're looking for and you're interested in in your podcast space, holler at your boy Spike Lou. Mo, tell them about yourself. Yeah, like I said, another week in the books every Friday. Uh, if you haven't already, go find us on Instagram, Instagram, another week in the books. Email awitb2022 at gmail.com. Uh, also, y'all can go follow Good Earner pod underscores the sopranos get you soprano memes as well as uh two other pages i got a, a new one uh the sopranos of bel-air it's a blend between fresh prince of bel-air and sopranos <laughs> funny stuff there i'm having fun people enjoying it uh and so y'all can go check that out uh just y'all go subscribe to roll the audio drama series i'm really about to get in a space where i'm about to start finishing up the script putting it together i think i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this season four people been asking me about it so y'all just subscribe keep an eye on it i'll be having an announcement real soon in that feed uh good earners on monday man another week in the books let's get it man yep Thank you.